At the end of the day, it is about people and it's the impact on people that's important. So working in a silo, whether you know as a researcher in government, creating fantastic maps, if you're not engaging with stakeholders, working with stakeholders, I think, is a key part of reducing the impact of landslide. Hi, I'm your host, Joelle Alexandria, and this is a feature for us where I conduct audio documentaries, interviews, and stories as it pertains to us in our modern world. Check out our Instagram, A Future For Us, and for inquiries, email afutureforus99 at gmail.com. If you want to get to know me a little more, follow my public account at joelle.a.lexandria, J-O-E-L-L-E, and my Twitter at wjoelle.a. Today's episode is called Environmental Insecurity, Landslides in Jamaica. Jamaica is a vast landscape of scenic environments in the Caribbean. Although its location may be strategic for an escape to paradise for pina coladas and island living, its geographical location can also be its downfall. One environmental disaster in particular are landslides caused by slope instability in the parishes of St. Thomas and St. Andrew, Jamaica. I will be speaking with environmental hazard specialist and Professor Dr. Serville Miller in this two-part mini-series documenting the adverse effects of landslides. The goal is to find out how we can further prevent the negative impact of slope instability in Jamaica. Welcome to part two. Previously, we talked about the cost-benefit analysis and the cost-effective solutions of landslide mitigation in Jamaica because of the effect that is social, economic, environmental, and political. Here is the continuation of the cost-benefit analysis with the impact of landslides economically on Jamaica. The physical impact of landslides wreak havoc on Jamaica's government and National Emergency Fund allowance. According to the article on natural hazard maps in Jamaica, the destruction of road networks and water structures alone is an estimated U.S. 86.25 million from the time period of 1986 to 1998. For example, the flood rains from May through June 1986 caused damaged road networks that cost $16 million to repair and the displacement of 17 families cost $273,000. Hurricane Gilbert in 1988 destroyed 60% of the island's water facilities and cost about $10 million to repair because landslides deposited about 20,000 meters cubed of sediment into rivers. Repairs to the road network cost $19.3 million due to landslides blocking roadways in the St. Andrew province. Other physical damages include disrupting pipelines, power supply, ruining crop supply, like coffee, bananas, plants, and livestock, as well as community and or private buildings and infrastructure. And not only is there an economic impact from the reoccurring damages and the financial cost of fixing it, but the impact from the physical damages also affect the mitigation techniques that can be carried out. For example, big landslides cause roads to virtually disappear along with the possible installation of the Gabion slides or the bioengineering 
and sustainable soil technique we talked about in the previous episode. Thus, creative solutions need to be implemented in these cases. The socioeconomic impact of landslides in local parishes amplify the push for the correct allocation of funds and diligent management. According to the Jamaica Gleaner, the tropical storm Zeta yielded catastrophic damages in 2020, and an estimate of $1 billion is needed to repair roads and infrastructure across several provinces is just one example of many. Natural disasters like this require creative solutions due to the lack of funding. Jamaica is a country with many slopes and terrain that does no favors to mitigate landslides. As opposed to hard engineering, an approach that takes the medium between hard skills and soft skills is strategically enforcing better building codes instead of directly altering the geography and slope stability and creating landslide awareness as mitigation and management. The argument here may be that Jamaica doesn't have the funds to be actively regulating building codes. However, the short term often overlooks the long-term goal of saving money and creating a better and safer community overall. According to this cost-benefit analysis, houses that are built to code are able to withstand the effects of hurricane impacts as observed in Jamaica during Hurricane Dean and Grenada during Ivan in 2004. Similarly, stronger shelters survived the impacts of Hurricane Irene, a Category 3 storm in the Bahamas. And when conducting a cost-benefit analysis, it similarly found that retrofitting 76 houses to withstand landslides and natural disasters with soft mitigation methods cost $47,741, while rebuilding just six houses cost $82,919. The social impact of landslides include a culture of natural disaster awareness and education amongst children and adults alike. According to the report of Disaster Mitigation Preparedness and Response by Abacus for Communities, a community organization, the role of active communities within the disaster management framework is extremely important and contributes to government efforts while helping to minimize loss and damage and effectively shortening the time and cost of recovery. As well as this, children are an economic asset when it comes to the natural disaster protection and systems to protect citizens. Emergency protocols displayed through school events create opportunities for an entire community to be educated by the youth when they inevitably share their learned information. Thus, although the perception of landslide awareness and education is often misunderstood as solely for children, the entire community can benefit from this as well. Here's Dr. Cervell Miller on the impact in terms of hazard risk perception in Jamaican communities and how to communicate risk as part of mitigation. You need to know where these landslides are. So I think that's one of the first thing that you, you need to, how do I effectively map these landslide. Secondly, you need to understand what are the controlling factors um, for these landslides. Um, and when they say controlling, is it slope angle? Is it the geology? Is it simple as, you know, having a road nearby, which is over steep on the slope? Is it undercutting by the major river? Um, is it a historical landslide? So having that information, I think is key. Um, working. Um, in partnership, I think is important because the knowledge doesn't rest with ever 
with one person or with one group. Um, so working in partnership, I think, is important, not working in silos, um, but also engaging with community, because at the end of the day, it is about people and it's the impact on people that's important. So working in a silo, whether, you know, as a researcher in government, creating fantastic maps, if you're not engaging with stakeholders and um, you know stakeholders you know it might be planners it might be developers it might be engineers it might be others uh, other scholars it might be the community working with stakeholders i think is a key part of reducing the impact of landslide or for that matter any natural hazard in jamaica making sure that information is readily available shared understood policies put in place um, and in that way you reduce the impact on lives and livelihoods. So saving life, preventing damage is a key part of being a researcher in natural hazard and we should never forget that's why we do this. We do this because we absolutely love the idea of creating great models or you know mapping etc. But if you know if you're working in natural hazard management this is about how do I save lives? How do I save livelihood? Or how do I prevent that impact um, in the long run? So creating impact. And that's what, you know, hopefully my research is doing, working in partnership with local government in, in Jamaica as well as community. Um, so yes, I have to give thanks to the University of Chester for the privilege and time for undertaking this research, but also to the Global Challenge Fund which has been instrumental in funding my research over the last five, six years. So, yes. So thanks very much to them. And hopefully the research will make a significant um, impact. When considering the best way to help local communities withstand the effects of natural disasters, the best way is to reach out to those communities directly. This is where socioeconomic surveys are helpful. Organizations like FEMA, UNICEF, the American Red Cross, the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency, and etc. play a huge contribution to local communities by assessing where citizens and government alike can keep themselves and other communities safe. Since the main three categories of questions are preparedness, mitigation, and response, take count of how many people are, one, aware of natural disaster preparedness, two, know what to do during a disaster, and three, how to react to the fallout after a disaster. Likewise, government agencies should make sure to one, prepare their communities for natural disasters, two, practice mitigation and management well in advance to decrease the social, economic, and physical impact of landslides, and three, provide an effective response to the local communities. Disaster management is everyone's business. Only if we educate ourselves on how to understand our environment, only then can we create a future for us. So thank you very much for having me and all the best. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Talks like these are what really motivate me to keep this conversation going because nothing is truly black and white in this society. If you have strong opinions, feel free to comment on our Instagram page. And if you like what you hear, follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen. 
Until next time, stay sane out there.